Welcome to the Cactus Pit Podcast. I am your host, Sean Drinks. Hello, guys. My name is Ryan the Bearded Bastard, and this is Daniel Hines. What's up? DFW Combat Club owner, entrepreneur, father, family man. The list goes on. Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. We wanted to have you uh, on today so you could have a bourbon at a, with my friend Sean. And a great bourbon it is, too. Thank you. What, uh, what are you guys enjoying over there? So this is, this specific bottle is probably, I'd say, I was telling him top eight, top five. It's one of my top favorites right now. So uh, Saints Alley, this is called The Nobleman. I feel like you would like that, Ryan. Uh, it's a blend of straight rye whiskey finished in Takai cask. If you were to look at it, it looks like it would be pronounced Takaji, but uh, it's a Hungarian wine cask, and this is an acquaintance of mine's uh, brand, and it is phenomenal. It is, it's amazing. Very good. Always like the history of bourbons and uh, wines, things like that, where they come from. Danny, what's your go-to bourbon when you're having a glass? Right now, I was just telling Sean before the podcast, uh, I got my hands on a bottle of um, Still Austin Cask Strength, and uh, a lot of times I just drink that neat, you know, pretty good. But, um, you know, I'm trying to go, you know, uh, finish off a lot of the, the, the dregs in my bar so I can kind of restock it a little bit right now. So a little bit all over the place, but I think that, that Still Austin is probably my go-to right now. Yeah, I need to try that. I haven't taken the time. I have, there, dude, I have so much whiskey at my house. I, was show, I showed you the video of, like, all the stuff that I have, and that wasn't mm. even everything. I probably have, like, 160 bottles of just whiskey. Yeah. I have other things as well, and, so it's ridiculous. And asking your favorite is kind of like, which of your children do you love the most? <sighs> I know. Everybody knows there's a favorite child. Let's not play games here. <laughs> we don't talk about it. I'm, I'm easy. I only have the one that this, I know of. This is a simple solution to a complicated problem. Have one child. <laughs> I have no children whatsoever. Well, you're, miss- yeah, so. you're missing out, I got to say. It's, uh, it's one of those things. It's like once you have a child, you understand what it's like to, uh, to be able to. Let, let's say it this way. If your child bites your dog. You're mad at your child. You say, don't do that. If your dog bites your child, you drown it in the shower. You know what I'm saying? It's a different type of love. Yeah. It's a different type of love. But uh, speaking of drowning people in the shower, (laughs) Daniel, you've been uh, part of Crowd McGraw for a long time. (laughs) We we said before the show we weren't going to talk about the shower incident. I I forgot, and maybe I just don't care, and I want to re-remember the violence that happened in the shower. Uh... That's a different topic, I guess. Um, so, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so, can you, ta- can you take us on a little journey of um, how you first got involved with Crowd McGraw and the first time you stepped onto the mats, put a gi on, and got involved? Oh, yeah, sure. So, I've been a martial artist uh, since I was nine years old. So, like, 28 years now or whatever it is. Uh, and back then, it was really more of, like, the taekwondo side of things. And um, actually, the, the reason I got into it uh, was because my parents were splitting up and I needed some kind of outlet right? Uh, I was a pretty angry kid and I wanted to play hockey. My mom was like, no, you're going to get in fights. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she put me in martial arts. And so here I am now, you know, having, you know, competed in boxing and all kinds of other stuff. I beat people up every day, but my mom's happy. Um, so, you know, fast forward to when I was about 13 and, uh, the owner of the gym who actually became my, my stepdad, um, started doing Krabaga when it was first kind of coming on the scene back in the late nineties. And, um, introduced the, the, everybody at the gym to it and said, hey, this is the direction we're going. This is like the real stuff we want to be doing instead of uh, Taekwondo. And no, no disrespect to any of the traditional martial arts, but he decided that's what we wanted to do. And I jumped on, and I'll be honest, like when, uh, when we first started training it, I didn't really take it too seriously because I was like, this is, this is not the, the way. You know, it's not pretty enough and everything. 
Um, and then, you know, it's it just kind of like the more I did it, the more I appreciated what it was, uh, with the value behind it and everything, you know, it's a practical self-defense system and martial art. Um, and then, you know, through, throughout the rest of high school, that was kind of, it became a little bit more my thing. Um, after I graduated college and came back, um, started, you know, training more as an instructor and everything. I was pretty much been doing it ever since. And then about 10 years ago, I decided to buy him out and now I'm the owner of the gym. That's excellent. You know, um, I first met you back in 2019, maybe 2018 pre COVID. It's been a minute pre pre COVID, uh, walked into Danny's gym combat club dfw and met a lot of really talented a lot of really nice friendly people there and the one thing that i liked about the martial arts when i got involved is there was a lot of very intelligent people they're very driven and motivated people um and then you know they accepted people like me which was great you know just kind of a knucklehead that just needed some structure which is which is kind of what i love about martial arts and and the structure that you have and maybe you can speak on that and kind of how that aligns with your lifestyle and being an entrepreneur and uh, making it onto Dallas's 40 under 40 list. Yeah, oh, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, that. yeah. That's uh, quite the accomplishment. Nice. Um, I, I think that like martial arts in general just tends to attract nerds, you know? Um, it's a way to build confidence in people and it's just kind of like, it's maybe like the misfit outcast kind of thing. It's like a place for, for people to uh, to fit in. And like that that carries on to today with my gym. I don't try to, it's like, look, as long as you're willing to work hard, like I don't really care what you look like, what you sound like, where you're from, like what's in your past or whatever. Like as long as we're all trying to do the same thing, then there's a place for you at my gym. And I think that's pretty common among a lot of other uh, martial arts gyms and everything. Some yes, some no, but um, but in general, I think that's a place for, for people, you know, like yourself and really anybody to belong. Um, and that's actually one of the best things about my job. I think I get to meet people from all different walks of life and I've got professionals, you know, doctors, lawyers, you know, engineers and stuff to, to folk. Actually, there was one guy just recently got out of prison. He was just like, look, I'm just trying to, you know, stay clean and, uh, just trying to, um, you know, keep my life on track and everything. It's like, cool. We got you, bro. Like, you know, it's a place for anybody really. Absolutely. It's, a yeah. place it's all about self-improvement really. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 so there's a gym that, uh, was I, that I would call home back in Tennessee. Shout out to the Grid House. Um, Nate and uh, Donnell King, super, super amazing people. There's a saying that they had, and it's pretty much like a, like a universal thing at a lot of like bodybuilding slash powerlifting type gyms. You're all the same under the bar. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Very true. I think for those of us who have had struggle in life, fighting is a euphemism for life. And it's very applicable to the hard work, the structure, and the dedication to a craft, whether that craft is jujitsu, Muay Thai, bodybuilding, uh, whatever it may be. It's it's the discipline to it and the effort towards getting better at something incrementally mm-hmm. that taught me that I could do that in other aspects of life. And so. I mean, and we're a we're a social species too. I think we we kind of crave that connection with other human beings. And when you have somebody that like has the same goals in you or that uh, as you or is like working alongside you and just support you really no matter what, like a good training partner or even better, like a team of training partners. Um, that's huge, you know? And I, I think like once you have that, like you never want to leave. Um, and so it's a really, really powerful thing just for human beings in general, especially, mm-hmm. you know, touch starved people, you know, um, jujitsu, you know, just hug it out. That's uh, it's cathartic for a lot of people. It is. You can, you can be anywhere on the planet. And if you run into a jujitsu practitioner, you already know you get the slap and a hug yep, bump, bump. and, and, you, <laughs> and you can break the touch barrier. And that, that is something to be said about that. I mentioned that because, you know, we don't really <coughs> hug each other or show a lot of affection anymore. You know, we don't high five, shake hands, we fist bump, you know, we do all this. 
So getting on the mat with another person and sweating and working hard and, you know, he tr strangles you or she strangles you, you get you, you know, humbled by a 14-year-old kid or a, you know, grown mm -hmm. man. But, yeah, the commonality is that we're all trying to work to do better. Um, and that, for me, is the brotherhood of martial arts. You know, it's, uh, we're all on individual journeys, but collectively doing it together in a support structure. That's why one of the, the nicknames for jiu-jitsu is the snuggle struggle. The snuggle <laughs> struggle, dude. That's a that's a t-shirt. Put on sure. your jammies. Do you yeah. speaking of like jammies, do you remember the Snuggie? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I always I always wanted a Snuggie. It came out, I think I was a freshman in college, and I was like, man, I know that's kind of like lame, but also I kind of want one. And you remember that song, Teach Me How to Dougie? Teach Teach Me How to Dougie. <laughs> I always was like, you know what? I want to make a different rap. Teach me how to snuggie. Why don't you go get your snuggie? So, and then someone actually did it. So it was one of those things where it's like, because we were talking about it before. It's like, well, uh, when we started the podcast, it's like, well, yeah, I want to like take a year to like learn how to do all this stuff. It's like, just start. Just right. start doing it. But like, I didn't start the teach me how to snuggie rap. Someone else did it and it's on YouTube. And I was like, come on. And now, Man. You're, and now you're not me. You missed your window. I know. <sighs> Gotta, gotta get out there. Learn my lesson. And that applies to, to martial arts too. Like you're, no matter what it is, like when you're first starting, you're going to suck at it. And so it's just, you got to be okay with that. It's a very humbling experience. I think it's healthy in, in general. Did you so. just say we suck at doing our job? Uh, <laughs> look, I probably suck <laughs> at more things suck. than you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. You guys are doing great so far. <laughs> well, what is, uh, what do you say is the biggest struggle for a new member to get over to kind of break that barrier from becoming someone who knows nothing about martial arts to becoming like a person who might be invited on the fight team? You know, what kind of mentality does that take from a person and what what do you see people kind of give up on early? Uh, humility, like I said, is, is a big thing. And really, a lot of it just depends on what someone takes with them into the gym. Um, with a lot of people that I see, they have like a pretty healthy ego going into it. Like they're, especially if they're professionals or they have some kind of terminal degree or something like that, or even martial arts experience from, you know, uh, before in their life or something like that. They come in, they're like, oh, I should be good at this because I'm good at everything else in my life. It's like, no, nah, it doesn't work that way, dude. It's like, is this is a different skill set uh, or even like, you know, fitness levels. You know, we have people that run triathlons come in and then they just kind of like start puking during the warm up because they're like used to pushing in a certain, you know, certain way. It's like, look, I would die if I tried to do what you do. Mm. This is very sport specific. So just be humble. Um, you know, they're just, if you find a good gym, you get a good vibe from there. There are people there to support you. They're not going to push you like maliciously. Um, but, uh, but you got to go in and, and like we say, check your ego at the door. I mean, that's absolutely critical. For sure, you definitely need people in life to push you a little further than you're used to going. Oh yeah, everybody does. You know, you get to that line and then you see somebody who maybe has crossed that line already and you can kind of take a little mentorship and go, all right, guide me. You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to make the move. I just need a little guidance, a little mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, that's another thing that I like in the rooms is you have levels that are high above you that are just absolute elite guys that are elite athletes, elite fighters, you know, they're top level guys too. You know, I could bring my mom into the gym and have her do an introductory jujitsu class right you know and that's the beauty of it all is top to bottom you can be in the room with people who you aspire to be like you know and from that standpoint or just there to uh, have the camaraderie and the discipline to stay fit yeah if you go in there with the attitude that you're going to try and win every time you're just not gonna because there there just are people better than you and if you're trying to win then you're kind of screwing yourself the opportunity to learn and also your training partner very true. Um, so yeah, just don't just treat it as training. You know, just growth is in discomfort. Be be okay being uncomfortable. Right. So, I've always heard of Krav <clears throat> Krav Maga. That's mm -hmm. how you pronounce it, correct? Yep. So, not super educated in that whole world and stuff like that. But like, 
I don't necessarily remember the first time I've heard of Krav Maga, but I remember whenever I first met my uh, future father-in-law, he was uh, my, <laughs> he was like, you know, I'm training Krav Maga, right? And I'm like, I've heard of that, but mm-hmm. I don't know what you're t- what you're saying is like close quarter combat. And I'm like, are sure. you like gonna say you're gonna kick my ass? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he's testing you. That's yeah. uh, so Krav Maga is just a, a combative system, right? So it was originally, um, I guess, developed for the Israeli military back in the late '40s. Um, and, and honestly, like, depending on who you talk to, it's a very political subject, but the story is it goes back to Israel, late forties. Anyway, um, essentially, you know, take their situation at the time, like you've got a, you know, largely conscripted military, you know, you're trying to bring up anybody to a reasonable level of proficiency quickly. So how do we do that? Well, let's just borrow from stuff we know works. We've got boxing, wrestling, judo, these kind of things. So, uh, over time it's sort of, you know, grown a little bit. We've, you know, expanded into some knowledge from combat sports athletes. Um, and try to enhance it a little bit. But basically the gist of it is you're teaching somebody how to fight. You know, you've got like six or eight months to do it. You know, what do they need to learn? And then how do you train them so they become as effective as possible during that period of time? Okay. But it's also a modern self-defense system. So it's not just like fighting in the ring, you know, fighting one-on-one in the same weight class or whatever. It's like we need to address, you know, what if that dude has a weapon? What if it's more than one guy? You know, so pretty much um, it, the very aggressive mindset, just take care of it quickly so that, um, you know, it can be flexible um, you're trying to take care of the situation, you know, quickly so that it ends. And that's just what's best for everybody, I think, you know. Yeah. So you're trying to incapacitate the person, you know, this is if your yeah. life's on the line. <coughs> Neutralize the threat. Neutralize the threat, right. So <laughs> instead of sport fighting, this is, you know, violence. Yeah. You know. It's, you know, it's been like, I think especially during the early days, like it got a lot of, you know, marketing that was really aggressive. Like this is not a martial art. This is a fighting system. And it, like that's true. Um, and it really tried hard to differentiate itself from traditional martial arts. And again, I agree with that, but I think inadvertently a lot of the, the Kramaga organizations early on sort of maybe got a bad reputation because they were trying to expand and they, you know, got a little commercialized or whatever. Um, what matters to me is that like, if you're going to teach somebody how to fight, you know, you actually pressure test that at some point. Like you, you can't just teach somebody like how to punch and kick or whatever, and then call it good. Cause that would be a bar- martial arts. Like, all right, I'm going to have you try to do whatever it is we're teaching you to do, but now there's a resisting opponent or things could happen that you don't, you know, expect, and we just expect you to try and survive and fight, you know? Correct. <clears throat> so I don't know if you know this, but I'm in the FBI. So I did some research on you, and... Um, Allegedly. <laughs> so I was going through your Instagram. I was like, I've got to figure out what this guy's all about. Um, okay. And I did notice that, uh, now I don't remember exactly when it happened, but you had a, uh, an, uh, an injury mm, to, yep. to your spine, correct? Yep. So, so I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's... I don't know. Okay. So, um, so when, I don't know necessarily exactly what happened, but like when it did actually happen, what was your mindset when it did happen? Mm-hmm. And what was your mindset like going through that process? So this is a, so basically I had uh, two discs replaced in my spine, like two, uh, my uh, C5, C6, C6, C7, so lower neck uh, were just obliterated. Uh, and I ended up having to get artificial bits put in. I'm technically a cyborg, so okay. cool. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, Steve so Austin. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, better than I was before. Um, it's been a, an injury that's been kind of nagging me for 10 or 15 years. And like this last time, you know, going into physical therapy, but like before it really got bad, um, I was like, oh crap, here this is again. I think this is the big one, basically, uh, when it's finally going to catch up to me. 
And, you know, I was doing physical therapy. It got better. And then I woke up one morning and that's when it just, I slept on a funny or something. I don't know. That's when the discs just kind of destroyed themselves. And, um, and so, you know, I went to the, the surgeon and everything. They're like, yeah, you're, you're going to have to get this operated on. That's not going to fix itself. And I was thinking like, this could be it. Like, I'm not going to be able to, to do what I love to do anymore. How's this going to affect my, my training and, you know, my passion for working out, but also my business, right? Um, how am I going to be able to keep providing for my family if I can't teach or whatever? So all that's going through my head. Um, I was also in like a lot of pain too. So I was just focusing on, on that for the most part. Um, but fortunately I had a really good surgical team, my, my wife and the rest of my family and also my whole team and everything was uh, really supportive and I was able to get through it relatively quickly. I mean, that was less than a year ago and here I am basically doing, you know, CrossFit and jujitsu and everything again. Shout out to the surgical team, man. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was amazing. So basically like, uh, the way my nerves and everything were impinged, I was completely paralyzed in this arm. Like I could barely even lift it over my head. Um, and it was like, I still have some atrophy and nerve damage and stuff, but, um, I, you know, couldn't sleep for several months, just was like screaming in pain all the time. Um, and it was, it was like that for a long time. And then like the day of the surgery, like even though I was on a lot of pain meds and everything, I woke up and I was just like, this is instantly better. I was walking around that day and everything is, nice. yeah. Modern medicine guys. <laughs> it's like a new lease on life. Yeah, it was, it, well, and yeah, it's, it's good that you say that because that's really made me appreciate, you know, health and mortality and all this other stuff. So it's definitely changed my perspective a lot in the past year. I shouldn't, I shouldn't eat that pizza last night, man. You just never know. You just never know. It might be. <laughs> it could have been your last pizza. You never know. It could have been your last pizza. Right? No, but I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad that, uh, you. you know, the surgeons or doctors or whoever it was, you know, took care of you. It's, it's good. So, yeah. I Speaking agree. of injuries, you know, have you suffered any other injuries throughout your training? Yeah. You know, um, speak on some of those bad boys. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we play kind of hard. So um, broken fingers, you know, broken toes. Uh, I actually had to go to the – the only time we were going to the ER – was all right so it was closing down uh i was moving one of my my gyms like basically across the street and it was our last day of working out um and so we're just you know starting with the warm-up and basically it's just like we're square off in a fight stance we're just gonna just play shoulder tag like pretty you know pretty basic stuff and uh and i guess we're getting a little excited and everything i'm like cool i know this guy's gonna come at me kind of hard um and it's like yeah let's go and then he basically just finger pokes me right in the eye mm. this is one of those guys that doesn't trim his nails trim your nails folks trim your nails folks and basically scratch the crap out of my uh, my eyeball had to go into the into parkland at like 2 a.m because that's the only place that was open don't go to parkland at 2 a.m <laughs> um no and uh unfortunately it didn't like, cause any fighting kind of, skills you will yeah it's good practice um and, uh, but yeah, so I basically, you know, had to get the antibiotics and everything. Fortunately, there was no damage, uh, permanent damage to my eye. Um, speaking of too, there's a lot of, um, yeah, I guess misconceptions about like groin strikes and ear slaps and like eye pokes and like kind of the dirty fighting in martial arts. Like it works really well when it works, but I've been kicked in the groin plenty of times. Sometimes it doesn't register right away. The time I got poked in the eye and it got sent to the, the ER, my first reaction wasn't like, I'm, I'm done. I want to give up. It was like, I want to break this dude's face. So mm-hmm. learn how to fight for real. You know? <laughs> Be a good sparring partner. That too. Trim your nails. I would say I got pterodactyl clawed one time, dude. <laughs> what is a pterodactyl claw? You know what it is, bro. That guy takes off his flops and you see it, dude, and it's sitting oh, there. Yeah. And it's like kind of yellow and it's like, <laughs> man, I don't know about this, dude. What? I don't know about this, dude. So uh, George goes, he's like, hey, Ryan, you're going to spar with the new guy. Mm. Yeah. First thing I do, hygiene check. <laughs> Not looking good. 
I'm keeping my distance, dude. And then all the thing, this dagger's just flying at me left and right. And I'm oh. just like looking at him, like I'm just trying to teep kick him to keep him off me. Just oh, and I just got the slash across the shin, and I was like, I'm about, I'm gonna die. This is infected for sure. I feel like we're so, we're really selling the sport here. <laughs> well, listen, listen, you got to get, you know, if you want to have some fun, you got to play in the mud. You just got to clean up. That's true. You know. It's a good time. I love sparring, but yes, please be a good sparring partner. If you're huge, don't throw hard check hooks to knock me out. I'm 155, and I suck. You take it really well, though. I do take it well. Take it real well. Oh, my God. All the time. From a lady. Dude, listen, when you've been married for 10 years, getting kicked in the face or punched in the jaw ain't nothing, dude. You can handle that all day. 10 years of marriage, baby. That's the real battle. Okay, got so the good got the good one too. By the way, I love my wife. Just saying, she's great. Shout out Marion. Yes. I don't know why we haven't met yet. We need to meet. So because she whoop your ass, dude. That's, That's fine. I'm well, trying to keep Courtney her will away. Whoop, man. whoop your ass. Courtney will whoop your, your ass. Let's so, have, let's have it. Uh, so I got a would you rather. So this is a kind of like a fighting to the death. Would you rather? Okay. Oh. So um, I don't. I, I may have asked you this before, Ryan. I'm not sure, but okay. <laughs> I love would you rather's. Sometimes my would you rather's get out of hand, but this one we're to it'll, it'll be. Whatever. Yeah, so would you rather get into a fight with a, a – okay, so a fist fight with a grizzly bear on land or a fist fight with a great white shark in the water? Now, you're – we'll just call it no. waist deep in, the, in water. Now, waist you, you, deep? So essentially, I guess you're going to be picking the way you're going to die because, like, how, yeah, how, are you, how are you going to beat a grizzly bear in a fist fight <sighs> or a shark in a – this fight. I'm so, going gonna, gonna to trip your ass before I take off running. <laughs> I feel like I, I might have a chance against the Great White. I'm okay. not I'm just saying, like, like you know, if it decides to eat me, like, I'm done. Like, no, don't. It's respect nature, everybody. But, um, yeah, Grizzly Bear, like, there's just no way. I can't hurt it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you can't run from it. You're just you're just dead. Leonardo DiCaprio survived it. That's, uh, well. <laughs> in, in The Revenant. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, a little different. I mean, I guess it might be over quicker if you're with uh, with a grizzly, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, with a great shark, or great weight, you can just like boop the snoot, right? That's what you're supposed you to. You would do. think. Yeah. I'll yeah. just flip it upside down like I see in the videos. Yeah, but I also <laughs> suck. I'm a terrible swimmer, so you know what I do after. I mean, if I'm waist deep, okay, I can get out. But like if I, you know, let's say I do defend against a shark, like then what? Well, oh. I guess I drown. That would suck. <clears throat> All you really got to do yeah. is just flip it upside down, guys. You're really strong, then. Maybe I've seen do it done multiple times. It doesn't yeah. that hard. It's really just Aikido it. You just kind of, like, redirect its energy, and then Shark. you're good. Yeah. I guarantee you Steve Seagal's Steven Seagal. done that yeah. Steven so Seagal Tai Chi to Shark thing for back it. in 82, for sure. So St- so speaking of Steve Seagal, he was uh, – do you remember Steve Seagal Lawman? Do, oh. do y'all remember that? I think yeah. I've seen that. So he was a the – I'm going to put this in quotes. So oh. he was a sheriff. I don't know if he actually was or is. Oh, but the, it, yeah. In Jefferson there. Parish, which is where I grew up in – like, I was born in New Orleans, and that's – where he was a sheriff, and it was it was a hilarious show. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, it's even more hilarious. Just almost everything he does nowadays is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you don't have to do any of that, but he's gonna, and it's yeah, he's gonna Steven Seagal the crap out of it. <laughs> Did you guys know that he allegedly taught Anderson Silva a front kick before a UFC title defense? Yeah, he, in, he took credit for the the move. Really, oh, it's yes. well documented. It's he well documented because Anderson definitely didn't <laughs> didn't know that. Nope. Fro- Front kick. You could put your foot on their face. He was like, "Why don't you try just putting your foot on his chin? See how it works." Like I said, boop the snoot. Boop. I didn't know that. That was a great knockout. You ever uh, you ever play that game? Like, what is the largest animal you think you could you could take? Uh, no, but we can play right now. Okay. The largest animal that I can take. That's 
Dude, I don't land know. Land animal. Mm-hmm. Okay, land. Yeah. Um, like okay, giraffe? So, no way. No, like, giraffe. Like, I, if I was an animal, I'd be a giraffe. Like, look at this neck, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super long. But, um, oh, man. Okay, raccoon all day. I'm killing that trash panda. Um, Brian, you're underestimating like, pandas. But, no, no, hold on. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, Raccoon's got a hands player. Yeah. Got hands they for play real. To win. They got all of them. They got the. He's digits. already in the trash can, so they I just got to sit on it and he'll just suffocate and close the, the dumpster. Heat. All right, yeah. real, real so question, real question. How big of a big cat could you oh. fight? All right, can you fight a feral cat? Can you fight a bobcat? Don't fight. Can a you house fight cat, a mountain dude. lion? No. Can you fight a cougar? Can you fight a cheetah? Could you take out a baby lion? What level of cat can you handle? I'm going with the baby lion. Yeah, baby lion, maybe because they're. Well, animals are pretty dumb, but I gotta think. Feral cats will fuck you up. That's all yeah. I'm telling you, dude. I I got fucked up by a feral cat one time. This is a true story. I was I was in my early, early, early twenties. My dog bark alarm went off on my cell phone, and it wasn't my cat, but someone's cat attacked my leg, dude, and lost its lo- the mind. Bit me like three times. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Well, I've had that. I get crawled up, and like basically it was just kind of right here. I'm telling you, claws all the way in. Yeah. I Don't. would almost rather take a bigger cat because you have a better chance of getting a hold of that mother. I feel like the way you said someone's cat like that was like you know who it is and you're calling them out. Nah, no, no, indirectly, in, not directly. No, at all. this <laughs> well, is this is in the the early 20s again. This this cat came out of left field and just bit me down. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know a dog bark <clears throat> alarm could set a cat off. You know what I mean? I got mm-hmm. the cat with PTSD in the house running around just like I'll just bow. Go to the ER, get the freaking penicillin, buddy. Ooh. Well, there was that dude uh, a couple years ago or something, right? He like uh, beat up a mountain lion or something like that. And he got attacked yeah, yeah. and basically went fisticuffs with a cougar. Really? Yeah, or a mountain lion. Whatever you say, fisticuffs, is it like this? Yeah, Marcus of Queensbury <laughs> rules. <laughs> I don't know why I said, that, said it that way. But. Jack, Jack Dempsey. Um, 20 Chicago, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Sugar Ray yeah, Robinson. There, there you go. Uh, I, th- I may have heard about that. I'm not sure. But I know that I've the most recent like video that I've seen with like someone in, in an animal was this guy. I think we were talking about it the other day. Uh, or I, I, maybe. I don't know. But this guy was on like the side of a mountain and a bear like came down at him. Have y'all seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. We'll watch it once we're done. It is insane. Like, it like. You like I had so much anxiety watching the video. It was one of those videos where you're just like, "Oh my god, saying, I'm gonna die right here watching." He's on this. a cliff. You're saying? Yeah, and he had, oh, okay. he had like a GoPro. That makes it better. Yes, he had a GoPro or something like that, and the bear just like comes down at him, and he's like screaming and screaming and just doing anything he can just to get the bear away from him. Yeah, it was insane. Have you ever been attacked by an animal, Danny? Yeah, I got uh, been rammed by a goat. Um, let's nice. see, been attacked by <laughs> seagulls. Yeah. Cats. Did, you, did you have food? Seagulls can suck it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, all right, fun story. So, I used to work in Alaska, right? I was uh, I used to work for the National Marine Fishery Service. So, I was actually, like, on board Deadliest Catch kind of boats and everything. And that was, yeah, that yeah. was a fun job right out of college, right? Um, and one thing they told us, like, when they're, like, training us and everything, like, how to do samples and, like, how to work on boats, they're like, all right, no matter how funny you think it might be, don't ever stick, like, a bait fish or, like, a mackerel or something like that in uh, somebody else's bibs because, like, seals will attack you, like, so, yeah, uh, fun fact, um, seals will attack you mm. in Alaska, so just don't mess with them. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's an animal you're not going to win. I've had seagulls buy me before, and I had hot Cheetos. I was eating them whenever I was in, like, middle school or something, and they were like, hey, you're supposed to share. Some. And I was like, go away. So did the seagull tackle the person? What went down? How did it go down? Not the seagull, but the seal. Oh, I'm sorry. the seal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, there, there actually was the, the person got really badly hurt <laughs> that, oh. that did that, yeah. I was going to say, because the seal's what, like 500 pounds? Yeah, they're, yeah. 
They're very, very large. Very <laughs> slippery, slippery, mm-hmm. hard to get in a headlock. Or sea lions, I guess. Sea lions. Have you ever seen Tenipeds. in the Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, California, where they have the seals and they're all laying on the pallets? Yeah. Yep. And then there's always that giant uh, leopard seal, and a big old fucker, and he's sitting on the pallet by himself, and all the other seals are just like stacked on top of each other. I was like, like, this is my rock. That's right. He's like, get the off my pallet, dude. Get off of here. But I always thought that the, how the law of the jungle is, you know, in nature, how things just kind of settle themselves by the biggest one of whatever species it is or the most aggressive one of whatever species it is tends to sit on the top. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that hierarchy here in, uh, in our space as oh. much. Well, so what are you talking about? Well, just like the law of the jungle, how things work themselves out, like, you know, how the biggest predators, like the sharks or the sea lions, or, you know, how they all kind of operate within their own little groups. My my theory on that, I think we kind of do. Like, it really just comes down to, like, the energy cost of, you know, trying to displace that that bigger, badder kind of person. So, like, being a little bit more, I guess, intelligent species, like, that can apply to, you know, things like business or whatever. Like, if I'm going to try and, you know, take my boss's job or something like that, is it really worth the energy and effort and expense? So... I mean, kind of, but more complex. It reminds me of Succession. Have you seen that show? I, oh, I know you don't watch TV, Ryan, but has anyone <laughs> seen Succession out there? It's a very good show, but it's pretty much about this like billionaire family and this old the old guy is, like literally has his hands in every single media organization ever and has all these businesses and he's like trying to figure out who's going to take over the company and he has four children and then like people that are like in the family are like trying to like it's a whole thing, but. It's actually pretty good. Macaulay Culkin's brother's in it, Kieran uh, Culkin, Kieran, yeah. and he is hilarious. <laughs> Did you know that he's in Home Alone, Kieran Culkin? No. Yeah, so he's like the little brother that's like, I don't want to sleep in the same bed as him. He's going to pee in the bed. Was that, that like Fuller? Is, is it, I don't remember the the character's yeah, yeah. name, but he like had the glasses. That's mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin. That's his brother. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. It was crazy. Right. I guess it's better to be the prince than the king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Macaulay how many Home Alones were there? Three or four? So I think he was three. he was in two. <clears throat> there is more. I think there's four, but the other like three and four, I think, were just they were just different um, actors. So it's a different continuity. They actually rebooted the series. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Maybe. Yeah, they rebooted. Probably did. Yeah, <laughs> quite possibly. And actually, the third one, even though it wasn't uh, Macaulay Culkin, it was actually a pretty. It was pretty good. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, I'm mm. a fan. I would say Basketball Diaries is my favorite. Is Macaulay Culkin in there? Basketball Diaries? <laughs> Who's the dude that's a heroin addict in Basketball Diaries? Dude, I haven't seen that movie. In is it Leonardo ever. DiCaprio? I don't know. Is Whoever it, it is, dude, it's a good movie. Irregardless, check it out. My favorite movie, hands down, is, without a doubt, J- uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. My favorite. That's a great martial arts movie. Danny, what's your favorite martial arts movie? <laughs> favorite martial arts movie? Uh, probably like Ong Bak, I think, just because it was like awesome. Or actually, I don't know. I mean, The Raid might be really oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just getting ready to say The Raid. like best choreography? Because like, uh, the stories most suck most of the time. Uh, but yeah, the raid is really good. I was. Wh- what about you? What's, what's your favorite? I would say that my favorite Bruce Lee movie <laughs> is Enter the Dragon. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yes. I don't know what's going on in your face, but th- I do agree. I that was is, just showing homage, was dubbing. homage oh, yeah. to the to the dubs. Oh, okay. Well, I'll show you how slow I am. Then there's one with uh, <laughs> that, that was Chuck Norris, right? Or is that Return of the Dragon? Re- uh, oh, see now you got me confused. I don't know. I believe it was Enter the Dragon with Chuck Norris. Yes. No, because no, no. Enter was on the island. Yeah, Enter the Dragon was with yeah, the guy with like the Wolverine. The yeah, uh, okay, the you're claws. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Do, so, do y'all remember? Uh, did you ever play Sega? Either of you? Mm-hmm. Okay, there was a Bruce Lee. I'm just Come just ch- just making sure. I don't know. So, uh, not Sega Saturn. That's a bust. Um, 
Sega Genesis, and I, I this game may have been on like Super Nintendo as well, but I remember playing on Sega Genesis. It was the uh, Bruce Lee video game. Have y'all played that? No. It was so fun. Such a hard game, but it was so fun. Yeah, all the all those games back in the day were oh, hard. Man. Like Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. Yes. Like you're just not going to win. Like there's only an hour and a half worth of actual game, but like it's going to take you a lifetime to actually beat it. Like, yeah. That was the value, I guess, back in the day. Like Punch Out, you could never get to Mike Tyson. Mike t- it was oh, almost dude. impossible. <laughs> and that was back when you had to make a perfect run. You could you could not mm-hmm. lose. Like if you lost, it's over. There's no restarting at the level. You got to start your happy ass back at zero <laughs> and get to 10. But there was always that one guy's like older brother that would just like master the game. Oh, or something. Yes. Like, oh my God, watch this. And he's playing all weird too. He's like, yeah. like why aren't you playing normal style? He's like, because I'm better than you. That must have happened everywhere because that literally happened to me. So. <laughs> you ever see that movie, uh, The Wizard? It was with, uh, I think, Fred Savage. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know Fred Savage, but I don't think I've heard of The Wizard. Dude, it was like awesome 80s movies. So it's all about Nintendo, right? So this uh, Fred Savage's younger brother is, um, you know, I guess today we'd say he probably has like Asperger's or something like that. But he's um, like very, very, very good at, at video games, but socially very awkward, right? Are we talking about Ben Savage? Uh, no, I mean, it's like the, his, the characters. I, yeah, I know. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ben Savage, actually. It's, uh, it's a tale. Uh, no, um, so it's like around the release of uh, Mario 3 or whatever. And. Um, and like, so they, they have like this big video game tournament, but like, there's this awesome scene where the student introduces the power glove and everything. Sorry, I'm just gonna write out about this movie no, that nobody's no. ever seen. <laughs> no, no, I, wait, I actually do remember the power glove though. Yeah. You yeah. could plug so it in, bad. and it had all the but it had the yeah. side thing, and then you could you could, like drive with it and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The uh, have you uh, there's a movie that came out like two years ago for Christmas called Eight Bit Christmas, and Neil Patrick Harris is in it, and he's like talking. I think to it's I want to say it's his daughter in the movie. It's one of his kids, and they're like reminiscing about hit the first time that he got a super Nintendo. And then like, so there's this like rich kid in the movie that like always gets the first like brand new stuff that comes out. And the power glove was one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such a good, like just a feel good, nostalgic movie. So my, um, uh, my daughter, I gave her a, she's four years old. So I was like, yeah, she likes playing games on, on mommy, daddy's phone and everything. So I got her a Nintendo switch. But nowadays they have like an emulator for like Nintendo, Sega, all that stuff. They have all, all the old games and everything. So of course, like she is playing all the like old Sega games and all that. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty good hit in nostalgia. I've been kind of missing. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like you remember the little theme songs. Like oh yeah, do, they were so good. like that'll be burned in my memory forever. I think probably one of my favorite games ever, just because of like my friends that I played it with, was Super Smash Brothers Melee on GameCube. Like, never, never played the the GameCube one, but I just always said the 64 <sighs> version. Yes. Still, it's the so, classic Smash Brothers? Yeah. So 6-5 was the way. So that's my favorite fighting game, probably. <laughs> Not Street Fighter? No. I mean, I, I love d- Street Fighter. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I was like more of a Mortal Kombat guy. Yeah. But, uh, but what? Super Smash Brothers was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I like the, the whoopsie guy. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, toasty, I think. Yeah. To- yeah. Is that what he says? Toasty. Whoopsie. Yeah. Oh, no. I, he says Toasty. That's I think what, so. Oh, toasty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was. Whoopsie. I always thought it was. Good. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> now this is going to have to be figured out in the comments section. I know. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, let's see. Who's your favorite boxer of all time, Danny? Ooh. Um, oh, Lomachenko, I think. Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. He definitely, uh, I heard that he won the fight against, who did he just compete against? Uh, Haney. Devin Haney. I heard that he got the dub and then they gave it to Haney. Yeah, that's that's the rumor. I mean, honestly, like I haven't really because I've been so busy, I don't really get a chance to follow a lot of boxing or UFC. Understood. And I mean, yeah. So I mean, I get I get uh, I get to watch him kind of vicariously through other people. But uh, but yeah, I heard he kind of got robbed. 
True. As a as a barber and a busy uh, father and husband, I regurgitate things that people tell me, and I don't fact check. So most of the things I say, don't listen to. Yeah, we get pretty good at faking it, though, right? It's true. It's like, how you doing? Be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Yeah, sports. I've been minutes. working for twenty hours. There was a sports this weekend. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm awake. Yeah, we actually went to uh, to some fights over the weekend. I know that you guys hosted fights at your gym, Sparbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how was that event? How'd it go? Was everybody uh, enjoying their time and the fights went well? What well, a name! Yeah, Sparbecue. So the the originally was just gonna, hey, we're gonna go beat each other up. Let's go out for barbecue afterwards. It just kind of went into or morphed into like, let's do some seminars. Let's have people from out of town come in. So this year was good. Uh, most importantly, nobody died. That's yes. uh, always the most important thing. Um, but yeah, it was good times. Um, we had some folks coming in from uh, um, from Tennessee and from uh, Ohio and stuff. Usually we'll have people coming from other states as well. Um, but yeah, everybody I think had a pretty good time. Seminars are really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things we do. It's like the biggest event we do every year. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's Barbecue 2024. It's going to be the 11th time we've done it, I think. Nice. Yeah. 11th time. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe we should get some samurai suits and we can kick it off with Sean and I having a royal battle royale. Um, do we have do we have samurai suits that can actually fit me? Mm, how about I just wear one? one of I want to wear one. Sumo and we suits, just maybe? battle. Yeah, that's yeah. not fair. Or like, uh, remember the sock and boppers? You know, Dude. they have like the yes. yeah, they have like the adult version of them now. Yeah, the so, Hulk hands. Oh yeah, for sure. So <laughs> that that should actually be or the uh, Ultimate Pillow Fighting Championship. Mm. Oh, dude. You seen those? Like they actually have like the built-in handles and everything. No, you just, like, that bah. never heard of it. I just you just blew my mind. I want to mm-hmm. do that. So I, I I think there was actually a league and like a promotion, and everything around it. Yeah, I love it. Was it and, Dana White? Uh, I I don't know. It'd be stupid not to invest in that kind right. of thing. Why not, right? Um, but it's literally like a pillow attached to like a handle, and you just go to town on on somebody. I don't know what the rules are. I don't really care. Um, just want to have some people step into the ring and beat the crap out of each other's pillows. There you go. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I want to get some, I want to get some now, but well, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Dude. It was really really nice Dang to nuts. yeah, really nice to officially meet you. So yeah. um, it's been fun. Yeah, I had it's a great been time. fun. It's been a blast. Blasty Go. blast. Yeah. Go kick some ass. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Peace. Thank you for watching the Cactus Pit podcast. Brought to you by Bearded Bastard Barbershop and Legacy Hi-Fi Studios.